My name's Sarah Basehart, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a member of your Board of Trustees, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help us, keep help us to keep connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining us 
this morning in worship, we encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the virtual or in-person social hour after service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phone and other electronic devices. I have two announcements. Over the past couple of years, UUCC's climate team has collaborated with Cradle Rock Children's Center, Community Ecology Institute at Freetown Farm, and Upcycled to establish the nourishing garden here at Obic. We hope this garden will nourish people, cultivate community connections, protect the planet, and strengthen our relationship to nature. All in our community are invited to join us for family activities and treats in the garden site by Obic Playground this Friday, December 2nd at 3.30 to celebrate the launch of the Nourishing Garden and find out how you can get involved. Patagonia Winds return to the Chalice Concert Series this upcoming Saturday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. with a diverse program of pieces by composers whose backgrounds weave together, connecting the threads of delightful works for woodwind, quintet, and winds and piano. Purchase your tickets online today. I'm going to turn over to Kelly Daniker, the Religious Education Assistant, for one more announcement. Good morning. My name is Kelly Daniker. My pronouns are she and hers. So today after service, we are going to make ornaments for and decorate our sanctuary tree. And it's been several years since we've been able to be in person to do that. So I really wanted the tree this year to sort of reflect UCC. So I thought about our sanctuary and then the things we see outside of our windows. And I thought we'll make some cardinals for our tree. And I think there's a little magic here. So we are going to take this and turn it into this. Ah. <laughs> and finally, we want to have you on our tree. So we have some simple ornaments. And we're going to invite you to choose a word. It can be something you're hoping for, a burden you're carrying, a names, uh, whatever it is for you. And we'll have those all on the tree and hold space for them all season long. So even if you only have five minutes, this takes two minutes to make. Please come on by and join us. I hope to see you then. Thanks. Thank you. 
Good morning, UUCC. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege and pleasure to worship with you this morning. Today's service is going to be a fully multi-generational one. There is no separate children's programming today. So we hope that whatever your age is, you're going to choose to stay together here in the sanctuary for the whole service. And as you heard from Kelly, to stay afterwards for the tree decorating as well. Um, we do not print many orders of service anymore, but you can follow along on your mobile device by using the QR code that's going to appear on the screen. You can find it online on the website as well. <laughs> I bet it's going to appear on the screen. I don't want to rush ahead. There we go. Those of you who are here in the sanctuary, if you need a hearing assist device, those are also available from the tech booth in the back, so please don't hesitate to ask them if that would be helpful to you. Those of you who are guests, we're very, so very glad that you're here and hope that you'll choose to complete a visitor form so that we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. And as is our custom, we will be honoring personal joys and sorrows early in the service today. So if you have something that you would like to have voiced for the congregation to hear, please either send that via email to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net or write it in the book in the back of the sanctuary. A special word of thanks this morning to Kelly Daniker, who was my partner in planning today's service, and also for Tom Monroe, who has chosen and is providing all the music today. So thank you and to the two of them, and also to all of you who are volunteering to help make worship and fellowship possible today. So today is the first Sunday of Advent in the Christian liturgical calendar. It's the season leading up to Christmas, a time of waiting, preparation, anticipation. People sometimes ask why when Unitarian Universalism isn't a, um, a Christian denomination, solely Christian, why we consistently give attention to Christian holidays, but not always to other religious holidays. And some of the reason for this is cultural like many of the family traditions among us, our congregational traditions are undeniably entwined with American culture in which those Christian holidays predominate. But there's also a historical connection because our particular religious traditions are rooted in the Protestant Christian traditions of New England. So Unitarian Universalism has evolved and continues to evolve into an ever more explicitly pluralistic expression of religious faith. But those we think of as our forebears were historically Christian. In fact, in the preparations for today's tree decorating party, Kelly discovered a piece of information that was new to both of us. And that is that Charles Fallon, who was an immigrant to the United States from Germany and was ordained by a Unitarian church as a minister after settling in the US in the early 19th century, he is credited with introducing the tradition of the Christmas tree to Americans when he and his wife displayed a Christmas tree in their home in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's a tradition he brought to the United States from Germany. Incidentally, he was also driven out of the first Unitarian church he served in New York because he spoke so strongly against slavery. 
Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. So, <laughs> so all of that is to say that observations of Advent and Christmas are definitely woven throughout our tradition's tapestry. So today, through story and song, Kelly and I and Tom offer a worship service that is inspired by Advent, encouraging us to embrace this time of waiting, of presence, of hope and faith and joy. So as we prepare to bring ourselves fully into this worshipful space, let's take a steadying, centering breath together. And I offer these words written by Erica Hewitt. First comes the waiting. This is the season of endings and beginnings, when the small signs of dawn pierce through the night and something new is born. But first comes the waiting. First come the lessons of endings and beginnings. The presence of life, the sheltering spirit of love, grieves with those sweeping up the debris of loss, waits with those who restlessly reach out for change, grants us courage in the night to guard each other's dreams for this holy, wondrous universe. Grant us, O oh universe, unfolding in mystery, a sense of your timing. May we loosen our grip on that which doesn't serve us, leaving behind that which we have outworn and outgrown. Teach us the lessons of beginnings. Remind us that such waitings and endings may be a starting place, a planting of seeds which bring to birth what is ready to be born, something right and just and different, a new song, a deeper relationship, a fuller love in the fullness of time. Let us worship. Stephen, will you come light this flame for us? We light a flame in a chalice. It's a symbol of Unitarian Universalism that some of you may not know began first as simply a two-dimensional image, a drawing that was intended to be a logo for the Unitarian Service Committee. It was drawn to look a little bit like a cross, but not too much like a cross, because when it was being drawn, we were already evolving, still rooted in our Christian traditions, but growing into something even broader than that. But still, we light a flame every time we gather in worship. We dedicate it today with these words written by Cricket Hall in this time of waiting. In this time of waiting, may we hold the world in our hearts, 
May we hold each other's hands. May we be thoughtful and introspective. May we delight in the darkness and all it teaches. In this time of waiting, may we rekindle the fires of hope, love, joy, and peace within ourselves and our communities. And may we become ready for the coming day. Will you now rise in body or in spirit? We're going to join our voices first in speaking our congregational covenant together. I'm going to invite you to greet one another, either online or here in person. And then we're going to sing our first hymn. And you'll know when it's time for that when I ring the bell and Tom starts playing the piano. So let's join first in speaking our congregational covenant. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. Now will you turn and greet one another welcoming us all into this space. Astronomers do a study of the power of creation. Um, Good morning. I would say like as he expressed in the following. And then you can- Good morning, Annie. Good yes. morning. What's going on? There. Hi, Tina. Hi, <laughs> hey, Anne. <laughs> Hi, Anne. Hi, Diane. Hi. Hello, right. Good. Good morning, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> Today, while the star is on the 
you. You may be seated. All right. I'm going to ask the Browns for some help again because we are going to honor joys and sorrows now. And in addition to giving voice to our joys and sorrows, we also share in this ritual of placing a pebble in a communal bowl of water that honors the ways that each one of our stories, our sorrows, our joys, our celebrations ripples out and touches all of us and is held in our caring embrace. So Maggie, will you come help? Thank you. We also hold all that you are holding unspoken in our hearts at this time. Those of you in the sanctuary, if you would like to honor your own personal joys and sorrows in silence, please come forward during the music meditation and place your own pebbles in the water. But let's pause for a few moments of reflection and prayer. Holy Spirit of love, of life, we celebrate, we celebrate this community, this season, a season that invites us to reflect, to rest, to notice, to wait. We celebrate music and all the ways that music is made. We celebrate our children among us. We also hold all the fear and the worry, the burdens of illness, and we hope for healing. May we, each of us and all of us together, hear the call to be healing, to be love, to be hope in this world. Now we'll share just a moment of stillness and quiet that we might hear the voice within. Blessed be. Amen.
Good morning again. So right now, in this very moment, there is growth happening all around us, right? Organisms of all kinds, trees, birds, and we are growing right now. All living things experience growth, physical, emotional, and spiritual growth. And it can be a long process that at times feels daunting. It requires patience and persistence and resilience. Growing is hard work. It challenges us to stay rooted in our joy. It asks us to open ourselves to all of the things we might become. And it challenges us to remember that this moment is enough. So as we honor this Advent season today and we prepare to decorate our tree after service, together, we're going to tell a story this morning. And we're going to tell a story about a seedling tree who dreams of growing tall enough to be a Christmas tree. So I'm going to ask everyone to take on a few roles during the story today. So we're going to get a little rehearsal in first. So the first role we are all going to take on, and this is open to your interpretation, is the sun. So can we all give our best sun? Fabulous. Next is the sky. We can all just look up, look around, notice the sky. Now the wind. Ooh, I love this by, right? All right, now the rain. Maybe some people want to Right? Lots of good rain going on there. Now, what about trees whispering to each other in the woods? What might that sound like? What might they say? <laughs> All right, let's go through one more time. We'll go through them. So we have the sun, the sky, the wind, the rain, and trees whispering. All right. So if you're ready, let's present together an adaptation of a story called The Littlest Christmas Tree, A Tale of Growing and Becoming by Janie Jessen. Once upon a time, in a field of young tree seedlings, there stood a tiny tree, smaller than all the other seedlings, the little trees stood attentively in their row, planted in the soft, sandy soil among the other trees. The little tree wanted to grow tall enough to become a real Christmas tree. As they were growing, the littlest tree decided to think of all the things that made them happy. The first thing they thought of was the sun. I love the sunshine, so warm on my green branches, they said to themselves. I can feel it helping me grow all summer long. The littlest tree tipped their head and thought a little more. And the sky. I love that too. I watch it each day as it changes. 
Some days all cloudy and gray, and some days so clear and blue. They felt a gentle breeze begin to rustle through their tiny green needles. The wind, I can't forget the wind. When I hear the wind coming, I listen very carefully and scrunch myself down as low as I can to, can to let it blow through me. I can feel it all the way from my topmost branch to my very lowest branch. The littlest tree thought and thought about how many wonderful things in their world. Of course, there's the rain. How delicious it feels on my needles, so soft and warm and smelling sweetly of grass and earth. I know I'm lucky to have the rain and the sun and the sky and the wind. They care for me and help me grow taller. But I do wish that I could grow faster. And the littlest tree waited and dreamed of becoming a Christmas tree. Sometimes the littlest tree leaned over to listen to the grown-up trees talking to each other in the nearby woods. They learned about when they grew taller, trimmers would come with their clippers to carefully shape their tree form. I won't be afraid, the little tree said. I know that I'll be shaped to a beautiful Christmas tree with my very tip top reaching towards the sky. I will look up and stand patiently until I am tall enough to be chosen for Christmas. The littlest tree called out to the sky, please choose me. I am ready for Christmas celebration. I am ready for the season of lights and life. To be continued. Thank you, Kelly. We're now going to pause for a moment as we honor one of the ways that this congregation grows and thrives is by our investment of financial resources. You're going to be invited to contribute electronically or by placing checks or cash in the basket in the back of the room as Tom again offers the gift of music. Thank you, Tom. Thank you all for your generosity as your contributions are freely given and very gratefully received.
So there's another popular children's book, not the story we're telling today. It's a beautiful book filled with watercolor images written and illustrated by John Muth, titled The Three Questions. It's based on a story by Leo Tolstoy. The story tells of a child who wants to be a good person, but doesn't always know how to be. So the child seeks out a wise one and asks three questions over the course of the story. When is the best time to do things? Who is the most important one? And what is the right thing to do? In the end, the lesson of the story is that the best time to do things is now. The most important one is the one you're with, and the right thing to do is whatever is good for the one who is at your side. I don't love this story. <laughs> at least, I do not love it as a singular and universal lesson about how to live a meaningful life. As people of faith and conviction, we are called to consider the realities and needs of the world beyond our immediate circumstances, to consider not just those who are at our side right now, but also those who are vulnerable, who are consistently overlooked, who seem invisible much of the time. So I read this story of the three questions as too myopic, not visionary enough. And yet this story came to mind as I was preparing for today because there is some wisdom in it that's relevant for this message of today's service, related to the plight of the little tree in the story Kelly is sharing. There's wisdom in the reminder that sometimes we are so consumed with looking beyond our present situation, planning for what's next, wishing things were different, hoping for something we dream about, that we miss out on what and who is right here, right now. Buddhism teaches that the source of human suffering is craving. Craving for pleasure, craving for things to be a certain way, craving for things not to be as they are. Our yearning for things to be other, to be different, that, teaches Buddhism, is what causes us pain and grief. And so our contentment increases when we are able to detach, to accept things as they are, to let go of that perpetual wishing for things to be otherwise. Quinn Caldwell is a Christian pastor and teacher who writes that theologians would say that in this Advent season, we're stepping out of ordinary time, or what they call chronos, and we're catching a glimpse of God's time, or what they call kairos. In chronos, ordinary time, minute follows minute, and you can only go forward. That's where we humans live most of the time. But in kairos, divine time, every moment is one. So your first Christmas, your last Christmas, this Christmas, 
and the redemption of the world, they would say in their language, are all happening right now, forever. The seasons, whether we're paying attention primarily to Mother Nature's seasons of the earth or to the liturgical seasons of religious traditions like Advent, serve to remind us of the varying rhythms and cycles of life. They remind us that different moments and different needs call for different action and attention, that there's a time for tending to kairos and not just plunging forward. In Advent, we're encouraged not to rush ahead to Christmas as if it is the only reward or the only joy. Instead, we're encouraged to pause, to wait, to be present now. In today's story, the little tree is dreaming of becoming a Christmas tree someday. If they grow, if they're chosen, if someone else judges them to be enough. What beauty and meaning and joy might be available to our tree if instead of focusing only on the dream, they look to what joy is available right now? Before we hear the second part of our story, Let's sing again. We're going to sing two verses of In the Bleak Midwinter. Will you please rise in body or in spirit? So quietly, the littlest tree thought, but what if I'm not chosen to be a Christmas tree? There must be lots of things I can become when I'm tall. They decided to think about the many possibilities for their life. Maybe I could be a shelter for animals to hide in my fluffy branches. 
Perhaps a rabbit or a squirrel would stop by for an overnight stay. Or I could be planted near a family's house and little birds would rest in my soft needles. I know my friends, the chickadees, would love to stay with me for the winter. They could fly from my branches to the bird feeders and window ledges and then fly back for safety. The littlest tree was filled with ideas, jumping from branch to branch as they thought about the many things they could become. Maybe I could be a window frame and hold shiny glass in my arms. Oh, that would be lovely. There are so many possibilities to think about, said the little tree excitedly. Then pausing, they said, but today, I can only grow and become my very best right here where I am planted. I will feel the sun and the sky and the wind and the rain. And I'll think about how wonderful it is to grow just for today. The littlest tree often listened to the mother and father trees whispering with all the other trees in the woods. They told their stories of their ancestors, the giant old trees so tall and majestic that everyone looked up to them with wonder. Standing up as straight and tall as they could, the littlest trees stretched their tiny roots deep down into the soft sandy soil. They looked out to the sky and called out, invite the birds and animals and all the people to come and walk between our rows of seedlings. Let them see the beauty of the sky and the trees. Let them feel the magic of the sky and the sun and the rain. And let them know the wonder of the forest. At last, the littlest tree understood that the joy of being a Christmas tree could be found in each and every day. Standing patiently in their row of seedling trees, the littlest tree looked up into the dark starry night and whispered, thank you. Thank you for dreams. Thank you for ideas and thoughts and feelings. Most of all, thank you for choosing me to grow just for today and to know the wonder of the world and its many possibilities. Thank you, Kelly. One more Advent hymn. We're going to sing Let Christmas Come. Will you rise again in body or in spirit? Bye. 
flakes of snow Let Christmas come Its lovely stream Of born again The truth of dreams Kelly, are we staying in here for the decorating? All right. So... For today, like the little tree, let us remember that I can only grow and become my very best right here where I am planted. May it be a great and joyful Advent season for us all. And after you get your coffee, come back and make some ornaments for our tree. See you next week.
live in, but the truth is we're only passing through. I've cried in tears of sadness, I've cried in tears of joy, 
I have found a life worth living from the peace within the noise. I have turned my back on hatred, lying, prejudice, and greed. Found the future in the present. Found hope within a sea. I've seen my bucket empty. I have seen my well run dry. But there's water down the road, and I'm only going by. If I'm sitting on dead ready, when my chances come to knock, I'll make it where I'm going, standing tall just like a rock, passing through, passing through. It's a mighty world we live in, but the truth is we're only passing through. <laughs> 